I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast for the health of it. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. What we're gonna talk about today, it's kind of fun. We're gonna cover some secret health tips. Now these are some of the things that I do every single day and things that I've compiled over the years and things that you can do too. So it's kind of a little rapid fire health tips and a lot of topics we're gonna cover today. It's sort of like the Carol Burnett show of healthcare if you're old enough to get the Carol Burnett reference there. It's a variety show. So lots of things to cover. Let's jump right in. Eating more fruits and vegetables, of course you know I love that, can actually increase the production of something called brain-derived neurotropic factor. And that can actually reduce depression. Now this BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, is a gene and what it does, it's in the brain and it causes other cells in the brain to work more effectively. It helps the brain cells mature, it helps them work more efficiently, it helps them work together and it helps maintain normal function. So it's really important that as we get older and as we poison our brains, the brain-derived neurotropic hormone starts to drop. And so we can actually boost this pretty easily by eating more fruits and vegetables. Now, there are chemicals that are in fruits and vegetables. They're not really vitamins and minerals. They're called flavonoids. And flavonoids appear to protect against the symptoms of depression. There's a study called the Harvard Nurses Study, if you don't know what that is. It's an ongoing study that's been going on for decades now. And they're following nurses throughout their life cycle. And it's really cool, some of the stuff that's come out of this. In fact, in that study, one of the things that came out many years ago is that the more dairy products you consume, the higher the risk of osteoporosis. Now, I know that sounds counterintuitive, right? You would think, no, 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 Dr. Joe, lower the risk because dairy products have calcium in them. What we found is that in milk, there are two amino acids, and they're called methionine and cysteine. And because they're acids, they have to be neutralized. The body uses calcium to neutralize these acids. So the body takes calcium out of the bones, out of the blood, and it neutralizes the acids in the milk. And then the milk gives a little calcium back, but the net result is that you actually lose calcium. You lose calcium over time by eating dairy products. So it's something I want you to consider there, that you're actually losing calcium over time uh, by doing more, more dairy. Again, that's just one of these things that come out of these long-term studies. So that's following tens of thousands of women. They found that those eating uh, the most fruits and vegetables and nuts had better brain function. Now, there's a supplement that's also included in this called turmeric. Now, if you've never done turmeric, what turmeric does, turmeric is one of the healthiest foods in the world. It's anti-inflammatory. It's been shown to help people with cancer. Uh, it's, it, it, it helps the body function more efficiently. It helps brain function. So turmeric is widely used in like Indian foods and curries. But we, we here in the States don't really use a lot of turmeric. So one of the supplements I take every day, and it's on our website, drjoe.com, is turmeric. And I take two, cap, two capsules a day. It's just part of my daily regimen. And it's just to help fight inflammation, keep me young, keep the brain working more efficiently. I have turmeric growing in my backyard. Years ago, I had some turmeric that was kind of was starting to get old. So I just threw it into my garden as compost. And well, it took root. And it's, I had to dig it up out of my garden last year. It grew so much. And I planted it. I have a stream. I plant on a stream. I have a little area that goes down to the, the bank of the stream. And when you plant it, it grows on what's called rhizomes. It grows underground and pops up other sprouts of turmeric. 
And if I want to use fresh turmeric, which I do, I'll just go out and pull some out. And it's going to keep growing, so it's kind of great. And beautiful, big green leaves, beautiful flowers that come with it. But turmeric, flavonoids, and nuts boost the production of brain-derived neurotropic factor, and that can help reduce depression. So once again, another boost for eating a plant-based diet. Other fun tips. I want you to cut back on your salt. This is really hard. But salt may be the one thing across the earth that we can all manage to help reduce disease. Because in America, we have diseases of excess. We have too much meat and dairy products and sugars and uh, uh, processed foods. So in, in you know, uh, first world countries, we have diseases of excess. In third world countries, we have other conditions. Uh, middle of the road countries, we have other conditions. But salt is the one thing that's across all of them. So if we can reduce salt, it really does well. And if you do reduce salt, you reduce uh, high blood pressure, heart disease, kidney disease, on and on and on and on. So if you're going to use salt, I recommend air-dried sea salt or Celtic salt, something natural. It still has the nutrients and the minerals still in there. Now, that doesn't mean you should use that salt. But if you're going to use salt, use that type of salt. Never use white table salt. The stuff is horrible for you. There's nothing good that comes of it. This was interesting. Years ago, a drink became popular called kombucha. I don't know if you know what kombucha was. Kombucha is tea, and you can make your own. You put something called a scoby. It looks like a giant mushroom. And it's like a starter if you're making a, a sourdough bread. It's a starter, and you put it in different types of teas, and it ferments the teas. And so it's a little bubbly. And I knew somebody once, and she was trying to cut back her alcohol intake. She drank a lot of alcohol. So she switched to kombucha. Sounded like a good idea. It was bubbly. She could put it in a fancy glass. Well, the problem with that was that kombucha, when it ferments, creates alcohol. In fact, Lindsay Lohan, you might know that name, actually has an impact on kombucha. One time she was arrested for one of her drunken debaucheries, and she told the judge she wasn't drinking alcohol. She was drinking kombucha. So the judge said, wait a minute. We're selling kombucha in grocery stores and it has alcohol in it? So... In an instant, the judge ruled all the kombucha in the country had to be taken off all the shelves. Big move. And now kombucha needs to be pasteurized. When you pasteurize it, you take out the alcohol. Well, you're also killing a lot of the good benefits or the bacteria that's in kombucha. So if you're drinking uh, 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 pasteurized kombucha, you're not going to get all the health benefits from it. There is kombucha that you can buy that's not pasteurized, and you have to show ID because it's an alcohol to buy it now. You have to show that you're over 21 in, well, in Georgia anyway. It's still not a good thing. Consumption of the tea has been discouraged. It's associated with something called uh, lactic acidosis. Your body becomes too acidic. And when your body's too acidic, that's very dangerous. So when kombucha first came out, I was kind of on the fence on it. I knew it had alcohol in it. I can't drink it because I can't drink alcohol. I, I get dopey real quick. But now it turns out there may be some adverse side effects to it as well. And... You can't, trend, you can't just substitute kombucha for wine or beer uh, because it still has alcohol in it. it. Reminds me of a story years ago. I went to an AA meeting, and I was amazed how many people were drinking diet sodas. And I was just fascinated. I just thought, this is amazing. Why are so many skinny people at an AA meeting, Alcoholics Anonymous, drinking diet soda? And it turns out diet soda has aspartame in it, the one they were drinking, and aspartame converts into methanol, and methanol is a wood alcohol, and it's an alcohol, essentially. So they were getting drunk at the AA meeting because they were drinking small amounts of alcohol in the artificial sweetener. Well, same thing with kombucha. You can't replace one booze for another booze and say, okay, I don't drink anymore. It doesn't work that way.
So it's unfortunate because uh, when it first came out, I thought it might be something good, good bacteria, it's probiotics. And it turns out it may not be the best thing. Now, people ask me all the time. They will say, Dr. Joe, that's me. They say, Dr. Joe, what's your thoughts on uh, intermittent fasting? And I say, I like it. And when I first studied it, and I did it, and I liked it, I always, if I do intermittent fast, I always skip dinner because I like to wake up, take my Dr. Joe's Super Greens, my Dr. Joe's Essential Source, my supplements. And I like to have food because it gives me a little energy. And I'll eat light, and then around 10 o'clock or so, I'll have a snack. And then if I'm, if it depends on the size of the snack, if I'm going to eat lunch or not. But then if I skip dinner, that's the one you want to skip. And I just did that because it met my lifestyle. Well, it turns out that was a good thing because calories eaten in the morning are less fattening even with the exact same food. The fewer calories after sundown, the better off you're going to be. So when it comes to dieting, it's not only just what you eat. It turns out now it's when you eat. So if you, as soon as the sun goes down, if you stop eating, that's usually a good thing. Now, I know in the winter, the sun goes down a little sooner, but it comes up a little earlier too. So, you know, I understand that. But generally speaking, if you could eat before the sun goes down, you're going to be in better shape. And the calories you eat in the morning are actually going to be burned up quicker than the calories you eat at night. So, you know, bigger meal at lunch or bigger meal at breakfast and then having a very light meal at dinner you're going to have a much better uh, metabolism and you're going to put on less weight. Isn't that cool? So re uh, research, again, research is always changing. That's why I'm there. So if you're going to miss a meal, it should be dinner, supper, not breakfast. If you're going to do intermittent fasting. Now with intermittent fasting, um, the ultimate would be eating with an eight hour time slot. And I may cover this later again, but you could eat a lot of food in an eight-hour time slot and then fast for 16 hours. Now, you can do super greens and essential source. You can do water. Uh, but if you don't eat for 16 hours, uh, the body's going to metabolize that food very quickly. So you can eat more food in the eight hours than you would over a 16-hour day and still be able to maintain good metabolism and lose weight. It's just how the body works. Studies are still coming in on it. I'm not sure if it's really practical. Uh, for some people, it becomes a lifestyle. But... If I have a dinner appointment or if I have a dinner meeting or something, I don't want to say, oh, I can't eat, you know, because it's part of the meeting. So, so just letting you know, the studies out there, the studies are still coming in. Um, again, eating the good food is always the best choice. Eating more fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds is always going to be the best choice. Now, people ask me a lot. I get a lot of questions in my days. People ask me a lot and they'll say, Dr. Joe, what about organic versus non-organic? Now, Organic is always a better choice, which is good to know for meats and dairy products. And with fruits and vegetables, there's some conflict over, does it have the same amount of vitamins and minerals? Some say yes, some say no. But here's the thing. There are things like uh, uh, phytonutrients. We talked about those earlier. Phytonutrients are significantly higher in organic foods versus conventional foods. Now, phytonutrients help with cancer. They help with heart disease. They help the body function more efficiently about 20% more. So that would mean if you're eating organic, uh, it may be, let's say, a little more expensive, but dollar for dollar, you're getting more nutrients in the organic food versus the non-organic food. So I try to do as much organic as I possibly can. Sometimes that's not practical when it comes to fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, if I'm out to dinner, if I'm whatever. But if you're going to eat animal products, I don't. I wish you wouldn't either. But if you're going to, because I'm also a realist, if you're going to eat animal products, 
I insist that you consider organic only because conventional animals are usually fed steroids, hormones, chemicals, pesticides, genetically modified food, glyphosate is sprayed on the food. So it's not the healthiest choice anyway. And then we conventionally raise it, not a good idea. And also even the way the animal's slaughtered. There are some studies that show when an animal knows it's going to be slaughtered, like in a slaughterhouse, they hear the animals being slaughtered on the other side of the f- fence and they're going in that direction, they release something called adrenaline. Adrenaline gets into the muscles and can be toxic to humans. So, in, again, large amounts. But we're talking about over a lifetime here. So we don't want to be putting these things into our body over a lifetime and then suddenly say, well, gosh, I got this weird disease. Where'd it come from? Well, you probably didn't get it one day. It probably took years and years to build up in your body. And that's my concern is I want you to understand that what you do now, one way or another, is going to have an impact on your future. Maybe positive, maybe negative. But I don't want you having negative impact on your health because of something you did when you were younger. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but when I was young, I did some stupid things. And I regret doing those stupid things. I played football. I played hockey. I have fractured my back twice. I fractured my wrist. And as you get older, you think, well, I'm healed and I'm ready to just keep going. Well, as you get older, uh, things pop up again. A lot of people come in and say, gosh, Dr. Joe, I hurt my knee when I was a kid playing football. And here I am 50, 60 years old. And now this knee is all torn up. So you will always pay for the things that you do, good or bad, in the future. So if you're eating a good diet now, you'll benefit from that. If you're eating a bad diet now, it's going to come back and bite you. And especially now, we didn't have steroids and hormones and pesticides and genetically modified food and glyphosate when I was a kid. So we got a better jump start than today's generation. There's a Moody Blues song, and it's a band, by the way, from a long time ago. And one of the lines in the song is that I'm frightened for your children. And I like that line because I am. I'm frightened for your children because we don't know what we're doing now, what the impact is going to be. And that's why you keep talking about long-term studies. So when you look at something like the nurses' study that we talked about earlier, the nurses' study has been ongoing for a long time. And I like that because then we can say, okay, gosh, milk usually builds strong bones. We said earlier, it turns out the more dairy products you consume, the higher the rate of osteoporosis. And we had enough people to test it on to say, okay, now we can see it. And so whenever a drug comes out, whenever a food comes out, suddenly it's like, oh, it's great, it's fine, it's the greatest new thing. And then years later, you're seeing lawyers saying, did you use, I just saw one today, did you use a CPAP? If you did, call our law firm. You may be entitled to compensation. So uh, we don't know the long-term damage of new things, but we do know the long-term benefits of fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. We know the long-term benefits of things like chiropractic care. We know that chiropractic mobilizes joints, reduces the risk of uh, uh, arthritis, can help with pain, can open up the nerves to organs. And that's why more and more people are turning to chiropractic. Uh, The Veterans Administration now covers chiropractic care. For years, they didn't. And finally, they realized, wait a minute, chiropractic is the most effective, least expensive treatment in many back pain cases. Why are we not paying for that instead of paying for things like surgery? I'm not against surgery. Sometimes surgery is necessary but not always. And I cannot tell you the countless number of patients my doctors and I have seen over the years that were told they needed surgery and then through chiropractic nutrition, they didn't need it. And I love that because surgeons, pain management doctors, orthos, neuros, sometimes orthopedics and neurologists, you can't get, get appointments for weeks in advance, months in advance sometimes. They're so busy. Let us take the burden off a lot of that 
let us see the patients that are chiropractic patients, us meaning the chiropractors, and let's let people who absolutely positively need to see the orthopedist and neurologist and the pain management doctors go there and we'll take care of everything else. Primary care doctors refer to us all the time because primary care doctors don't have really anything to do for pain patients. So they'll say, here, here's some drugs. And you probably want to go see a pain management specialist. I'm board certified in pain management. I'm the only chiropractor in the state board certified in pain management. It's pretty cool. So we get a lot of referrals from other doctors because they don't really, it's not something they should handle. Can they handle it? Yeah, probably give you some drugs and send you home. But we're better at getting to the cause of the problem and not just treating the symptoms. So if you do have a health issue, folks, whether it's uh, nutritional, it's chiropractic, neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, digestive, if you want to make an appointment to come see us, we would love to be your doctors. We have offices in Marietta, Duluth, Stockbridge, and West Cobb. All my doctors are handpicked by me. They're trained by me. And here's the thing. They're my personal doctors. If I don't trust them taking care of me and my staff and my family and friends, I don't trust them taking care of you. So I believe you're in the hands of some of the finest doctors in the world. That's my opinion. Uh, when you come see us, we accept almost all insurances, uh, car accidents. If you're ever in a car accident, folks, please come see us right away. Do not wait. It's a game the insurance company play. Well, you didn't go to doctor. You weren't hurt. We're going to deny your claim. Don't even give them an opportunity to throw that bull dinky out at you. Come see us right away. We can book your appointment usually in 24 to 48 hours. Normal first visit is about $720. We've reduced that to $299. We're going to raise that up again very soon, by the way. So if you do want to make an appointment, now's the time. Uh, again, we accept insurances. You can do it at drjoe.com, or you can call us from the phone numbers on the website. I won't give you a phone number because you won't remember it anyway. And just make an appointment. Stop suffering needlessly. We want to be your doctors. And if we, it's something we can't help, we're going to tell you right up front. If we truly believe this is not something we even have a chance of helping, we're not going to waste your time or waste our time. Uh, my doctors are really busy. They book up very quickly. So if you're serious about wanting to get well, drjoe.com, book an appointment right now. So what we're talking about today is we're talking about some uh, little tips that I've learned over the years, health tips that I want to share with you. So eating organic is always the best choice. We, we kind of drifted off before that. Uh, if you're going to do animal products, I always recommend organic, but there's not a condition that I've ever studied in my entire career. And I've been doing this well, between school and everything, 40 years. I've never seen a condition that did better on a meat-based, animal-based diet. Every condition I've ever studied would benefit from eating a plant-based diet. So why wouldn't you eat a plant-based diet? The studies are there, and, and I'm amazed I even have to show you studies to say, hey, listen, this is the best way to eat, but the studies are there. Heart disease, diabetes, cancer, obesity, on and on and on and on. Now, the only challenge to eating a plant-based diet is people say, well, the other stuff tastes good. It does. Absolutely. I was normal once. I remember meatball sandwiches, believe me. However, once you start understanding how to do this, it's so much easier, so much quicker, so much cheaper. With prices skyrocketing right now and inflation going crazy, wouldn't it be great to knock off 20, 30% of your food bill? Easily can be done by eating a plant-based diet. If you don't know what that is, go to our website, drjoe.com, and type in the, in the search bar, so what can I eat? Type in, so what can I eat? Listen to that. It's a whole hour of me just rambling on about breakfast, lunches, dinners, snacks, parties, raising kids. Uh, and it, it, my website's free, by the way, if you go there. Uh, we don't ask for subscriptions or anything. We have over 2,000 hours of podcasts on the website. And if you're a podcast junkie, go to your podcast service and type in Dr. Joe for the health of it. Dr. Joe, D-R-J-O-E, for the health of it. And that's where our podcasts live as well. So uh, we can give you information every which way you want. Audio, video, uh, podcast services, anything you want, we're going to give it to you because I want to get you well 
and I want to keep you well. So again, with animal products, there's no downside to eating plant-based diet, except the meat tastes good. But that's the only downside I can think of. So once you start eating the good food, you'll, you'll realize that that stuff even tastes better than the meats. Uh, I don't, uh, if you're going to do coffee or tea, this is kind of something I've never covered before. Coffee or tea have acid in it. And if you're concerned about iron, which a lot of people come in that are iron deficient, especially women during childbearing years, any type of tea, green tea, black tea, not herbal teas, but traditional teas, any of the teas will do it. And in fact, coffee does it too. And what it does, it prevents you from absorbing iron. So you should not drink tea with meals about 30 minutes to an hour before if you're going to drink tea or even longer afterwards because it takes, you know, four or five hours sometimes to get food from your stomach at, into your small intestine. So you don't want to be drinking your tea. Uh, you only want to drink it on an empty stomach is really what it boils down to. Iron-rich foods can actually bind to the iron and inhibit the absorption. So I've had women come in and say, well, Dr. Joe, I'm anemic, sometimes men, but usually women. And they've taken iron supplements. They can't figure out what it is. I look at their diet. They're drinking coffee or tea with every meal. It's binding to the iron. They can't absorb the iron. And they take iron supplements. Binds to the iron supplements. So just a little fun fact. If you're going to drink tea, herbal teas are fine. It's the black teas. So green tea is the same thing. as It's called orange pico. Um, just be careful with those. And how many of you drink tea, iced tea especially, with your meals? Or coffee? Not a good idea if you want to absorb iron. Uh, when it comes to bread... I get this question a lot. Not the band, the food. There was a band called Bread for You Younger Folks. And people say, Dr. Joe, what's a good bread? <sighs> I wish I had a good answer for you. Because I'm not a fan of wheat. Because wheat has a lot of uh, sugar in it and also has something called gluten in it. And gluten's a protein that can irritate your bowels and cause inflammation. So pumpernickel might be a better choice. It has the whole uh, intact rye berries and actually rye is, is something that does have gluten in it, but pumpernickel might be a better choice. Gluten-free breads are better, uh, but they're still sugar, and they don't taste as good. I mean, a good wheat bread fresh out of the oven, it's hard to beat that, let's be honest, but it's not worth it. I was doing a show the other day, and I was talking about uh, chips, corn chips, and how at a Mexican restaurant, I try not to have the chips delivered to my table, uh, if I, especially if I'm hungry, until when the food comes. Or if I do have the chips there, I will, I'll limit myself to three to six chips, and that's it. Now, they're made with genetically modified corn, which we know there's a lot of studies out saying it's not good for you. Some counter studies as well, but I don't want to argue with it. But nobody argues with the fact that when you fry something in oil that's high in omega-6 fatty acids, it increases inflammation. And that's what the chip is. And then we had salt, which we covered earlier. It's really one of the worst things you can do. So we're putting a lot of bad foods in our body with that chip. And then you eat so much, you're full, and then you force the other food into your gut usually because you don't want to take it home or waste it. And so it's not a good choice. So as far as breads and corn chips go, there really aren't bet good choices. There might be better choices. Gluten-free, pumpernickel, uh, again, still has gluten in it, though. Those might be better choices. Folks, if you have any questions, you can go to our website, drjoe.com, drjoe.com. Uh, we have over 2,000 hours of podcast. If you want to make an appointment, and I think you should, uh, we have offices in the Atlanta area, Marietta, Duluth, Stockbridge, and West Cobb. We'd love to be your doctors. We have in my, uh, with us, I feel, some of the best doctors in the world. We can do nutrition evaluations for you, talk about supplements. Again, the minimum supplements everybody should be taking are Dr. Joe's Super Greens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source. And now in the winter, especially vitamin D. All those are on the website, drjoe.com. You can order them or pick them up at our offices.
We accept almost all insurances out there, car accidents, sports injuries. Even if you cause the accident, folks, come see us. Even if you cause the accident, you can still get hurt, and we won't be able to treat you. So if you're serious about wanting to get well, drjoe.com, I need you to do this for me. Follow us on social media. We give away things on social media, at Dr. Joe Esposito. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on WSBRadio.com and on a WSB Radio app. It's a-